0: Welcome to the Bumpaholics podcast. The Bumpaholics podcast serves our community by providing education on fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, lactation, and parenthood. The overall mission is to support expecting parents so they can be more well-rounded and empowered to make informed parental decisions in their journey through parenthood. Now sit back, listen in, and join us for today's episode of Boob Talk. Welcome to Boob Talk with Casey Women's Ministry. Um, today we're going to talk about breastfeeding through pregnancy. In our society, it's pretty uncommon to breastfeed beyond one or two years, so there's a lot of questions that surrounds this topic. We are going to discuss several of the misconceptions during this episode and hopefully help you get an idea of what breastfeeding through pregnancy looks like. So I'm Brittany. I have a bachelor's degree in health education. I am a certified doula through Still Birthday, and I also volunteer with Keeping Community Women's Ministry, also known as KCWM. And I'm Jamie. I
1: am the director at Women's, uh, The director of technology at KC Women's Ministry. Um, I have a bachelor in computer science and associates in science and mathematics, as well as I am a trained doula um, through uh, DONA.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today, Jamie, so we can talk about all of this. Um, so let's talk first about some safety during preg- uh, some safety with breastfeeding during pregnancy. You know, some of the misconceptions out there is it's unsafe to breastfeed while you're pregnant. Is that true?
1: So we have an accumulating body of evidence um, that um we have have studies that show that you're breastfeeding during pregnancy. One of the big concerns is that you're using up a lot of nutrients from uh, producing that breast milk to continue to feed um, this, your older child. And one of the things is your body, a lot of women's bodies start to produce less milk during pregnancy. So that's less of a concern. And also if you are well nourished and eating enough, then, um, you are going to have those nutrients you need for both, uh, your unborn child and the child that you are continuing to nurse
0: right. um, and, as well yeah. as yourself. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Which it takes a lot of calories to develop a baby and a lot of calories. It's about 500 extra calories a day to nurse your baby. So, um, I don't know where I was going with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's just, you need to be cognizant of what you are eating. Make sure that you are eating enough. Um, and This shouldn't be a huge issue in low risk pregnancies. And especially if you were well nourished before your pregnancy, you have those stores in your body to, um, to give you some of those nutrients, um, as well as what you're, um, adding
0: in every day. Right. Uh, And, you know, an OB and midwife will probably recommend that you take prenatal vitamins, which helps make sure that you have enough nutrients for your, both your babies that you're, you're helping to grow and, um, giving nutrients too, but your body is, it's amazing what your body can do. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you can nurse three or four children, even at the same time. Yeah. Those mothers who have three or four babies at once.
1: Yeah. It's not that much different than if you had twins or triplets. Like the right. nourishment it takes to grow those two babies and nurse those two babies are mm-hmm. going to be pretty similar um, as um, nursing one child while
0: growing one. Right. And you <laughs> mentioned um the reduction in milk supply anyway through pregnancy. And that's mainly just because your hormones are changing in yeah. order to create the baby that's in utero. Um, you know, that oxytocin throughout your pregnancy. It's, it's reducing the amount of milk that you're creating um, because you no longer need as much milk.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah, those hormones are kind of, um, kind of counterbalance each other. Um, yeah. The Hormones needed for pregnancy and the hormones needed um, to produce milk. Um, they're not really um, deci- designed to
0: go side by side all that. (laughs) Right. Which is why women are told a lot of times that they cannot get pregnant if they're breastfeeding, which is a stretch of the truth. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of caveats to using breastfeeding as a method
0: to um, not get pregnant. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You know, some, some women, that's totally true for them. And then other women, Not so true, even if they are exclusively breastfeeding, but we digress.
1: (laughs) I think that that's going to be a common theme throughout this discussion is it depends very much on um, each woman and their pregnancy.
0: Absolutely. You know, and, and like you were saying, if you're a high risk pregnancy, I would definitely talk to your provider and make sure that things are continuing to go well. And- you know, there's nothing wrong with using breastfeeding as a comfort measure for your child, because that's, it's part of that growth together. It's part of how children, um, you know, bond with their mom or chest feeding parent, (laughs) you know, it's, it's a big part of bonding. So that's always fun. But I really found, I, I found this quote on the La Leche League International, and I really liked, I liked the quote. Um, according to Hillary Flowers, the uterus is deaf to oxytocin throughout pregnancy and its sensitivity to this hormone only increases, excuse me, only increases around the onset of labor. Um, and it was from Hillary Flowers, Breastfeeding Today. So, you know, that also helps to what debunk one of the myths of um, the nipple stimulation from breastfeeding will trigger an early labor. Yeah.
1: I mean, we have research that shows that um, nipple stimulation does help to um, Mm -hmm. induce labor, but this is only the case whenever a mom is like ready to go in labor, whenever she is term Um, before, uh, before the pregnant person is is that term the uterus is not going to have um, the receptors that um, are going to react to oxytocin. And breastfeeding and nipple stimulation is not the only thing that causes your body to release oxytocin. Um, We are not um, as scared about having intercourse (laughs) while we are um, pregnant and it causes releases, a release of oxytocin as well.
0: Well, not only the oxytocin release, but that natural, um, you know, softening of the cervix that you get from the semen. So (laughs) you're totally right. It's, it's a something that people are very scared of with the nipple stimulation, but not so scared of with sex during pregnancy. So, you know, if, if you want to avoid having that risk of a preterm labor then let's make sure we understand all that goes into a potential preterm labor um, yeah. which that's a whole nother talk
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes it is um
1: i mean we have a lot of um support from different uh, we have different quotes that are that are supporting the safety of um Of nursing during pregnancy. And this is only the stipulation here is all all of our research has been done on um, healthy, um, low risk, um, well nourished mothers to determine the safety of this. It's more murky if you are high risk or if you are uh, malnourished. Um, We don't know as much about how that can affect your pregnancy. In those cases, um, we uh, there had there was one study that was done in the U.S. that found a increased re- risk of miscarriage if you were exclusively breastfeeding during pregnancy. So that means that the baby had no complementary foods during that time. They did not um see that increased risk if the baby was um receiving complementary foods.
0: I wonder how old that baby is if they're not receiving outside foods yet. So it would be under 6 months of age, which that's what I would assume, but yeah. I just wonder if they outline that at all in the study, you know. Um
1: I am not sure yeah. if they've um if they, out, um,
0: if they identified the ages. Um, yeah. Cause it's, it's less likely that a woman would become pregnant if she is exclusively breastfeeding and the child is under six months of age. So it just makes me curious. Yeah. Yeah. So that
1: um, the amount of times that that happens is not common. Right. Uh, right. And. Uh, that like other things to be aware of, of that study that was done is it was not a medical study. They took demographic um, data from the US National Survey of Family Growth and they did not identify the mother's nutritional status or if the pregnancy was low versus high risk. So it was a very um, broad look at yeah. um at the risks.
0: Well, and those are really valid questions that we would need answered. Age of the baby, age of the mother or um parent, um, age of we're not necessarily age, but like you said, the nutritional status of the mother and the family. Um, and if it was a lower high risk pregnancy, because as you said, those things really have an effect on what even breastfeeding is like and then add to that what it does during pregnancy and yeah that, that study was from 20 uh 2019 right yes yeah i'd like uh, to do another one
1: yeah <laughs> uh, they um when i was like whenever you're talking about that early on in pregnancy too, it's the effects that breastfeeding are having on your body are um, not, I mean, if you think about how it works, it's not going to, uh, it's not as concerning. Mm -hmm. Like you're uh, having uterine contractions at that stage is not likely to cause um, a miscarriage because you can have some mild uterine contractions with other things at that stage. And it's just, it's not going to cause um, preterm birth in and of itself likely. Yeah. Uh,
0: Unless there are some underlying issues. Yeah. Yeah. Now I had something in my head that I was wondering and I've lost it now. I've forgotten.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When you're, when you're looking at um, some of these high-risk pregnancies and and you're trying to decide if it's okay for you to um, breastfeed during this pregnancy or not, um, because we don't know um, how that could affect your pregnancy You're also needing to take into consideration the stress of weaning. You know your body and your family and how weaning is going to affect you and how you're feeling while you're breastfeeding. And it's one of those things, since we don't have a lot of information, you need to go to like, have this discussion with your care provider and see what their evaluation of the risk and, but also you know your body and you know, your family and you know, um, what your risk tolerance is.
0: Right. Listen to that. Listen to your body for sure. Um, you know, I was, I I remembered what I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. So I kind of compare it to physical fitness in a way, you know, Mm -hmm. they say if you were physically active and doing this particular activity pre-pregnancy, it's generally safe to do it during pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, Now, that's not saying that if you didn't do this particular physical activity such as breastfeeding pre-pregnancy to go ahead and just start during pregnancy <laughs> you know maybe maybe i just want to start kickboxing during pregnancy and i didn't do that before you know that can cause some that can cause some damage or some higher risk levels uh, because your yeah. body is now adjusting to something new but um, that's been one of the basic recommendations that I've seen multiple times of, if you do it before pregnancy, you become pregnant and you continue doing it, it's usually safe to continue.
1: Yeah. One, um, one way of thinking that I have seen um, some care providers provide is that if your body lets you get pregnant while you are breastfeeding, uh, it's likely stay- safe for that pregnancy for you to continue and breastfeeding it's like if those hormones now we we're talking about the conflicting hormones of mm-hmm. the of the progesterone and um and oxytocin if if they do not prevent the pregnancy from occurring in the first place then the that um that hormone battle mm-hmm. is likely going to continue to allow a healthy pregnancy
0: right right and i i would agree with that that statement that sentiment you know because like i said some women they cannot get pregnant when they're breastfeeding while others can and then they are able to continue through that breastfeeding journey where some cannot so you know then the question um the question then becomes okay i feel like this is a safe choice for me and my family should I do it? Is it good for me and my family? Yes. To help make that decision, you know, is it going to cause more stress to continue breastfeeding through my pregnancy or is it going to cause more stress to wean my child or do I even have a choice? You know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was like, We hear the recommendations from the um, World Health Organization um, that you need to breastfeed for a minimum of two years. And if you get pregnant before um, your oldest is two years of age, you can feel that pressure that you have to keep breastfeeding. Even if you um, may not feel like it's really working out like it's not your, your breastfeeding relationship has been strained, but you feel like you have to continue breastfeeding. Um, and that's not good, (laughs) but the mental health and the relationship, the breastfeeding relationship is, um, important, um, even more so than some of these other
0: benefits you, um, Absolutely. Maintaining that bond with your first child or the older child Mm -hmm. uh, or in this case, the youngest child, because your youngest is not born yet. Maintaining that relationship with that child, you know, is definitely more important than um, maintaining your, uh, what's the word? Um, Your can't think of the word <laughs> and then thinking that you have to continue when you're not happy doing it. Uh-huh. You know, I, I can't think of what the term is that I'm thinking of, but um, because there, there are some physical aspects to take into consideration, you know, your nipples become extremely sensitive when you're pregnant and it can, it can be quite painful sometimes to continue that breastfeeding journey. Um, if you can grit your teeth and bear it and you that's really what you want to do then by all means <laughs> go for it
1: <laughs> I mean you need to be aware
0: too that your
1: child can sense that stress from you and they they tend like these young children they tend to take on your stress when they when they feel it from you so you need to consider how that's affecting
0: them emotionally um, well, they- they take it on and they, they own it. They think they are the cause of that, mm-hmm. of, of those feelings that you're having because they like, they're like an animal, you know, the an- your animal can tell that something's going on, that mm-hmm. something's different and, you know, they want to comfort you just as much as your child does. And this is how you guys have comforted each other in the past, you know, so this is what they know. So, yeah. And then if he- if
1: you start to look ahead and at like, um, uh, you when this baby is born, you will have, if you have two children who are breastfeeding, mm-hmm. are you able to, um, take that on? Is that going to be too much stress in your life? And if you put off weaning until then, is that going to add too much stress? Um, because it can be very hard to wean the older child once you have the, the new baby who is nursing right in front of them.
0: Yeah, well, and then you've got fresh milk. You've got mm-hmm. you know, a fresh supply, so to speak. Your supply is bolstered again. And you know, that demand of not only the infant, the newborn, but the demand from the older child breastfeeding is going to increase your supply. Um, your body's going to meet that demand.
1: Mm -hmm. and like yeah with all the extra milk that you have your and your older child seeing the new baby nursing Mm -hmm. like a newborn does they will all very likely want to be nursing just as frequently
0: potentially yeah and then (laughs) (laughs) they're like touched out
1: (laughs) yes so it's, it's good to be aware of um of yourself, and if if that's something that um, you're
0: going to feel good about, um, yeah. But and, there are ways to set boundaries, and yeah. um, you know, making sure that you talk to your child throughout the pregnancy of this is what we're going to expect. Um, you know, set limits, set those boundaries, and you can set a time. You know, we'll we'll nurse for five minutes on this breast this time, and then the next time we'll nurse for five minutes on this breast. Um, or, you know, we'll, we'll nurse for as long as it takes me to sing a song, you know? Yeah.
1: Um, one of my favorites is, uh, they're more likely to ask to nurse when you're sitting down. Ah, don't sit down. <laughs> so that can be hard during pregnancy, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, um, if you are not sitting down, they're less likely to ask to nurse if um and also the um saying
0: yes but later. Yeah. I um, love that good one. Way. That's uh, that's always been a go-to for me. And it, these aren't necessarily steps to entice weaning. They do help with weaning. Um, but this also just helps to give you some time to acclimate to the pregnancy, to acclimate to um to having a newborn, to teaching those boundaries with the older child, so that when the newborn comes, you know you don't all of a sudden you're not just totally overwhelmed and stop cold turkey for the that older child, which has some serious um, emotional effects that you need to yeah. be concerned about. But you know, start, starting that a little earlier through the pregnancy can help with when the newborn comes. You know, cause it's not something that you're doing just because there's a new baby here, just because there's someone else taking up your time and your attention because newborns need time and attention. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that it's already in place. The older child already understands and knows how that works. May not fully understand. I mean, come on, we're talking about a probably under two year old, maybe two year old child, <laughs> but you know, they understand to their abilities.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they, they can understand more than, um, we sometimes give them credit for. At Definitely.
0: That age. Definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's more of not creating a huge drastic change in their life all at once. Cause yes. you, you've got a newborn who is already a big, huge change for them. And then you're adding their loss of that comfort. The only comfort they've Really associated with with that breastfeeding, um, you know. Of course, you comfort them in other ways. Yeah, but you know, a lot of times when my kids hurt themselves, that's one of the first things they go to. They want hugs, and then they ask milk. So, you know, you don't want to necessarily totally take that away from them.
1: Yeah, without
0: a preparation. <laughs>
1: Yeah. The, the big life changes can have like all sorts of effects on a a child, like just the, the pregnancy and the new baby in and of itself, you can expect some regressions Mm -hmm. with your older child as that's happening. Um, I know one thing that I, I experienced with my oldest was like, he start, who was completely potty trained, but then started having a ton of accidents. Yes. And that, of that. it's like part of that is like that emotional regression with big life changes. But also, uh, as pregnancy progresses and when you have a newborn, you that colostrum has a laxative effect. So that can make it even tougher for um, those older children that you thought were potty trained and suddenly. Damn. Are having accidents all the time.
0: That's a good point to make because you could sit there and, and not realize that and think you're just doing this for the attention, where it could literally be a physical thing that they're fighting and they just they can no longer hold it because of, <laughs> of the uh, cholesterol effect. Yeah. Um, so, some other changes in the milk supply can, you know, around. Most places say the fourth or fifth month, some, some a little earlier, some a little later, but around the fourth or fifth month, that's when you start to see that decrease in milk supply. And of course the composition changes because it's starting to transition back to colostrum. Um, you know, and you've got some taste changes too, that the baby's going to notice because colostrum tastes different. Yeah. So
1: no matter what your intentions are about how long you want to breastfeed during pregnancy, or if you want to, um, uh, tandem nurse after pregnancy, sometimes your child's going to take that decision away from you because of these changes that happen during pregnancy. Yeah. It's like the taste changes. They
0: don't always like it. (laughs) It tastes weird, mommy. Yeah. (laughs) This this doesn't taste like milk anymore. Not that they actually say that they might say it tastes weird. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so that leads leads us into some of our personal experiences. I'd love to hear some more about your experience with tandem nursing. I didn't get to tandem nurse, um, not for lack of wanting to or one or trying to, because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm one of those who I just stop producing milk when I'm pregnant. <laughs> so
1: yeah, I was like, I actually stopped producing milk for a. Um, a few months during my pregnancy. So um, it, was, it was like, I still produced a decent amount of milk during my first trimester. It was the, the second trimester. I really seemed to dry up. I wasn't, I wasn't able to hand express anything, mm-hmm. um, but my oldest child did not complain. We just dry nu- nurse through it, which is not an entirely pleasant feeling. Um, uh, I like recognize that if I was dehydrated or, mm-hmm. um, like hadn't eaten enough that day, it would bother me more. I would have more of that, um, cringy, um, uh, mm-hmm. aversion feeling, um, in those cases. So I made sure to really make sure I was hydrating myself and I set those boundaries we were talking about earlier where, um, I would, um, uh, have him wait until certain times to nurse. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, we weren't, we were cutting down on the number of nursing sessions we were having. Yeah. So Um, maybe first thing in the morning at nap time and at bedtime maybe, or. Yeah. Um, yeah, I tried to, um, minimize the amount that we were nursing during, um, during the evening times. Um, I was working, so I didn't, see him during the day for him to nurse um, during the week. So um, one of the things that we had been doing before I got pregnant is I would nurse him at daycare before we left Ah. and then we'd get home and we would nurse. And so I cut out the nursing session that we did before we left daycare and only Mm -hmm. nurse once we got home. Um, And then we would not nurse again until it was
0: bedtime. Yeah. So then, were you able to continue with the tandem nursing after your pregnancy?
1: Yeah. So after baby number two was born, we can I tandem nursed them for about two and a half years before finally we, weaning um, my oldest at five and a half years old. Uh, I told him no like three times and then he was okay with it (laughs) Goes to show how easy it is if you wait long enough (laughs) yeah
0: wait long enough (laughs) they won't come back and ask (laughs) yes (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah so uh yeah we were even though like we were still nursing like pretty frequently when um baby number two was born so it was it was at least, um, four times a day. Um, still most of the time, especially as the colostrum came in it, that cringy feeling sort of faded. Um, uh, cause I, ha- I wasn't dry anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but still with breastfeeding that regularly every day, we still, um, we went past our due date and, um, uh, by five days, which was even longer of a pregnancy than my first one. So I guess one, one example of how, um, breastfeeding is not, ne- not, um, solely a cause for, um, yeah. early labor.
0: Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, and I bet at 40, weeks you're like, okay, I'm ready. Yes. <laughs>
1: I went I went to work at 40 40 weeks in one day and had someone ask me if um uh, when I was due and I said yesterday and he, like I <laughs> bugged out of his head.
0: <laughs> you know, I remember um with each of my pregnancies toward the end, everyone was, you're looking like you're about to pop. What do you do? Haven't you had that baby yet? <laughs> I'm like, none of your business. But It's funny. It's funny with the first one. I felt it was funnier with the first one more easy to manage, but with each subsequent pregnancy, it's like, okay, I'm done with your, your comments. But (laughs) again, I digress.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So So how was, um, nursing
0: during pregnancy for you? Oh, it was like nails on a chalkboard. Once I hit about four months with my first, uh, actually even I didn't let it get quite to nails on a chalkboard level with my second, but um, so with my first pregnancy, let's see. I wanna say I got to about three months. Um, my, my nipples were just super sensitive and my milk was already starting to dry up around three months. Once I got to about four months, I, I couldn't keep going. She was, wasn't getting any milk from what I could tell she didn't say anything. She was two, um, but it was I. I just had this whole feeling of the nails on the chalkboard, and I almost had this reflex of when she would latch on, just wanting to throw her off. And mm-hmm. the first time I I felt that feeling, it was, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? I'm terrible. Um, and then you know, I felt it again, and I was like, okay, maybe that just is the sign that we're done. I, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she didn't ask again either. It was, she was fine with not continuing. Um, cause we would nurse first thing in the morning and then we would nurse, um, when she'd get back from daycare. So when I'd get off work and then we'd nurse before bed, um, and it slowly came to be, we wouldn't nurse after daycare. So we just nurse first thing in the morning and then right at bed, And then, you know, it was just before bedtime that we would nurse. And it was at that, there was just one night that I remember clear as day where, um, you know, I just, I had that feeling of wanting to throw, literally throw her off my lap, like just get off of me (laughs) type of thing. And I was like, I, we can't keep doing this. If I, if I have such a strong feeling against it and that's coming from someone who, I, I love breastfeeding. I love that relationship that I have with my babies as I breastfeed. So it's, it was a very strong reaction for me (laughs) to have. Um, and I was pretty heartbroken. I really wanted a tandem nurse. I wanted to have, have that relationship with me and both of my children. Um, so I, I grieved it a little bit. I, I did, I, I grieved that loss. Um, it wasn't quite as strong of a reaction through my second pregnancy, uh, or I'm sorry, through my third third pregnancy with my second child. But as soon as that milk started to dry up, you know, once we hit about three months and I started to feel that nipple pain, I'm like, all right, we're pretty much done here. <laughs> yeah. She had already reduced quite a bit because um, I was I was home with her all day, every day. You know, I, I work out of the house, so we'd reduced quite a bit already. And I don't know. She just stopped asking. So I think she wasn't getting any milk. Um, it's funny. After my third baby was born, a couple weeks later, um, she had asked to try, you know, she was so cute. She just kind of nuzzled on me and she was mommy, try. And she's talking at this point. I mean, she was one and a half or two and a half. She's, she was two. Cause they're almost two years. They're almost exactly two years apart. <laughs> <laughs> so she's two, she can talk, but. Um, you know, she asked to try and I said, okay, well, let's give it a try. And, and she kind of put her mouth on me and, you know, she, it was like, she forgot what to do. It was like, she'd, Mm -hmm. she'd forgotten how to nurse. Um, and she never really asked again. So I said, okay, you know, she didn't suck or anything. She was trying. She could, she just couldn't figure it out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. some children are able to come back to the breast after weaning during pregnancy, uh, but many just kind of forget how to nurse, too. Yeah, I, I didn't
0: know that was possible I, until we experienced it. I didn't know they could just forget how to nurse after, you know, doing it for as long as they do and in order to live and survive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you'd think that would be a bit more ingrained, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: so, needless to say, I did not get to tandem nurse after my second or third pregnancies, but I, I still feel like we had a great relationship, um, you know, a breastfeeding journey with both of my children. I We got to two years with my first and she was just shy of 18 months with my second. So I, I really wish we had gotten longer with her, but, um, you know, the pregnancy took that choice away <laughs> from <Yeah>. me. <laughs> so, you know, it's okay. Yeah. I didn't grieve that one quite as much as I grieved the first one. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and yeah, uh, you, you, uh, were more wise <laughs> and I, I understood a little more about what was happening yeah it, it wasn't even it wasn't that it I didn't cherish it as much it was just that I knew it was okay to stop that mm-hmm. particular part of our journey together and start a new chapter in our relationship you know and I was just more okay with it you know I saw yeah. the signs I didn't force it you know i I made peace with it earlier on, I think, than I did with my first.
1: Oh, still a very gentle and um, a gradual transition.
0: Yeah, makes me worry for how I'm going to wean my third because I, yeah, we're not pregnant. I'm, we'll keep going for at least two years, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see i don't know that i want to go to five like i commend you but <laughs> but definitely two so we got another another six months to go at least but yeah so i would love to hear questions from the audience you know what kind of questions do you have about breastfeeding during pregnancy did we answer all the questions do you have more questions what's tandem nursing like you know should we do a talk that's longer about the tandem aspect after pregnancy, you know, what's that like with two babies? Um, (laughs) So, well, thank you everyone for joining us. Real quick, before we go, we do have an enrichment on uh, this evening, so Thursday, February, what is Thursday's date? (laughs) February 18th. (laughs) Uh, We have an enrichment about the NICU. Um, It's called NICU Basics with a NICU nurse. And it's about what to expect in the NICU. It's a really important enrichment that we're going to be having um, because you never really know what to expect. So it's best to plan and be prepared so that when you, if you do end up in the NICU with your baby, you don't have, the fear regarding what you're expecting. You just have that innate sense of I'm here to, to take care of my child. Um, So we would love to see you guys there. You can go to our website, kcwomensministry.org and go to the events page and you can sign up there. But otherwise we'd love to hear your questions. We'd love to, hear about what kind of topics you guys want to talk about and go ahead and send us those questions through our um, comments or go through Patreon and let us know what you want to talk about next. Thank you for hanging out with us. We loved having you here. Don't forget to hit that like button because you know we deserve it. Leave a comment to let us know why. Your participation and constructive feedback helps us grow and shapes our community that you can be a part of. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials so you can stay in the loop for upcoming videos, live events, fundraisers, and Patreon goodies. Goodbye for now. We'll see you soon.